gather, come gather, friends, close by the fire, and hear of a wondrous tale. Of goblins and elves, and miscoated dells, and heroes who strive to prevail. United in purpose, our heroes awoke, and gave an awkward goodbye to their host. They shopped for provisions, made delicious decisions, and made ready to leave in good troth. You're listening to Alley Odds and the Alley Odd Squad by Leona Cara. Chapter 6 The Permutations of Possibility. Oops. <laughs> Sorry, I meant to hand that to you. I picked up and held out a wooden practice sword to Trinia. Fancy some sparring before we hit the road? No, I'm anxious to get away from here. I don't trust Hartha to keep her mouth shut if the wrong people start asking questions. I don't think she'd give us away. I don't think she'd give you away. For my part, I don't trust her. Hmm, I couldn't argue there. Hostess that she was, Hartha definitely gave off some discomforting vibes in how she spoke about elves. Right, well, my arms and legs thank you for the break. Oh, don't worry. We'll train double at lunch. Oh, oh come on. You're not half bad for someone who knows nothing. I cinched our wooden practice swords to the strap on my pack and shrugged it on. Besides, you like it, despite your grumbles. I couldn't argue there either. There was something to be said for getting in touch with my body in such an intentional way. Accompanying most sword lessons were strength-based exercises to build up my endurance and stability. I could feel myself getting stronger, and I'd grown to appreciate the soreness I earned with each day of training. We could practice soul-sending at camp tonight as well. Get the whole mind-body connection going. Ooh! I'll take that as a yes. Yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, come on, then. The sooner we start walking, the sooner we can stop. My pack was heavy with the food and drink Trenia and I had bought in a Galava. Our plan was to make for the nearest holdfast on Hatha's map, some three or four days to the west, and we didn't want to count on finding more provisions as we traveled. Fortunately, several days of walking had once more toughened my feet and strengthened my back, and Trinia had carried her pack as if the added load was a mere mayfly hitching a lift. But before we'd even gone beyond sight of Hatha's hut, Trenia stopped and grabbed my arm. Is that... I looked up the street and saw what gave her pause. A tall figure rode down the road on horseback. He was on the far side of the village, clad in a flowing brown cape with a deep red tunic underneath. He was still quite a distance away, but we didn't have to see his pointy ears to know it was Theron. Trenia dragged me off the road into the front garden of a wee cottage, full of trailing vines and buttercup. But she dragged me no further. What are you doing? Shouldn't we run? No, no, he'll find us if we do. He can so send as well as any elf. Uh, go to the inn. If you see him, make up a story. You haven't seen me. I am not with you. She made to run off, but I grabbed her arm and held her back. Wait, where are you going? There's no time to explain. Just throw him off and, and come find me here once he leaves. No matter how long it takes, do you hear me? No matter how long it takes, do not call me back until he's gone. Do you promise? Yes, but can you... Do you promise? Yes, yes, I promise. But with that assurance, Trenia bolted away, jumped over the stone fence bordering the cottage, and ran swiftly into the orchard behind the house. I'd barely had time to wrap my head around what was happening when the cottage owner poked her head out the front door. Oi, what are you doing in my garden? Uh, just admiring the flowers, I said, pointing to one of the yellow buttercups. Are you daft? Them's weeds, they is. 
whole place is a wreck and ruin. Oh, well, weed to one, gem to another. Uh, sorry to bother you. And what are you doing with that pack, eh? And where's your friend get off to? Sorry! I ignored her questions and scampered out of the garden as quickly as I could. Better not be in my orchardy! I'll be watching for you, you little rogue! Oh my! I didn't know I looked so suspicious. That was a new angle for me. An angle that immediately continued, as Theron was not twenty paces away when I walked back onto the main road. My heart rate spiked, and I felt myself congealing with panic. Oh, he can't know Trenny's here. Okay, okay, just, just play it cool. Play it cool. <sighs> About ten paces away, Theron saw me. He cocked his head in recognition and said, You? Showtime. Oh, hey! Theron, wasn't it? Oh, it's so good to see a friendly face. What brings you to Igaliva? Have you tried the cider yet? Very good. Theron stopped his horse a few feet away from me and dismounted. Where is my sister? Huh. Right to the point. Uh, your sister? Trainee. No, no. Traina. What was it? Trenia. Ah, oh, right. Trenia. Trenia, Trenia, Trenia. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Is she not with you? Don't be stupid, human. Tell me where she is. Well, that was rude. Sorry. I don't think he meant it. Where is she? I don't know. Theron raised an eyebrow, unconvinced. Really? Really? Last I saw of her, she was stumbling around drunk in Derry. I helped her to an inn and then went on my merry way. Theron stared at me so intensely. It felt like he was boring a hole into my head. What the heck was it with this guy? Oh, could elves read minds? <gasps> I wondered. Crumpets. I thought of crumpets. Could he tell I was thinking about crumpets? Crumpets, 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 anything but Trenia. Oh, dang it, now I was thinking about Trenia, which is exactly what I wasn't supposed to be thinking about. Crumpets! He furrowed his eyebrows in confusion as I returned his intense eye contact. Maybe he could tell. I'd be confused by crumpets, too. But after a moment, Theron's intensity receded. Did she tell you where she was going? No. She said she didn't know, and then she puked into a rain barrel. That part, at least, was true. But I think she mentioned something about going east. What did she say? As far away from the elf woods as I can get, blah de blah Honestly, Theron, she was pretty toasted. I wouldn't trust it. And what of you? Where are you heading? West. West is best, I've heard. All by yourself? Yes. I know how to handle myself on the road. Is that why you carry two wooden swords with you? A double threat. Uh-oh. I had some splaining to do. Oh, these? <laughs> well... It doesn't do me much good to practice dueling if I don't have someone to duel with. I pulled off my pack and uncinched the two swords. I tossed one to Theron, who caught it with surprise. See? With two swords, anyone can be my training partner. Yeah. I gave him a whack on the arm, and he glared at me. But only if they want to, of course. I held out my hand to take his blade back, and he handed it to me, still unconvinced. I rebound the swords to my pack and shuffled the bag back onto my shoulders. Well... I really should be off. Uh, I'm hoping to make it to Cardtree before sundown. Are you heading east, then? Uh, bet you'll find Trini dipping her nose into another ale, huh? <laughs> Your sister's a bit of a lush, Theron. Ooh, that one kind of hurt to say, knowing what was behind those drinks now. But I had to sell that I really didn't know her. No, I just came from the east and had no sign of her. I think I might join you heading west. Oh, well... Isn't that nice? There is room for another on my horse. It would make your journey much faster. He was trying to trap me. 
to see if I really was traveling with Trenia. That's a kind offer, Theron, but frankly, that's why it seems a little odd. I told you, I don't know where she is. I'm not traveling with her. If that's all you want to know, then please leave me alone. Oh, but then who will be your sparring partner on the road? Come, you must crave company on a long journey such as yours. I do, but with all due respect, sir, not yours. I gave an affectatious bow of my head and turned heel to the west. It was not at all what Trinia and I had planned in the three seconds we'd had to plan before she ran off, but if the goal was to really convince Theron that I wasn't traveling with her, that it seemed the best choice was indeed to not be traveling with her. I strode past Theron and his horse, mustering all of my confidence to sell the image of an intrepid solo traveler, and walked out of Igaliva. The thought of Trenia was burning in my mind with every step, like a little needle tracking her location in the compass of my skull. How far should I walk before turning back? How would I know when Theron was actually gone? How far was his range of soul sending? I had no idea. So I just kept walking. Well, what if he still rode west and followed me? I was no match for him in a fight, and I feared to what lengths he might go to find his sister, especially since he seemed less than fond of humans. After an hour or so of walking, I stopped for a rest alongside the road. I sat on the stump of an old beech tree and tried to sort out my thoughts. What if he found Trenia anyways? I didn't know what she could do to avoid it if Theron tried soul-sending so nearby. And if he did find her, <gasps> then I wouldn't know about it. <gasps> and then I'd lose my friend, and with her all hope of finding my best friend, Granbauer. Oh, should I go back? Should I wait? Oh, I had no idea. It was a real stumper, all right. And not just because I was sitting on a stump. It seemed like every choice I could make had a slew of potential consequences I wished to avoid. And after half an hour of stump time, I was no nearer to a solution. I was paralyzed by the permutations of possibility. But time itself can be a pal when it comes to making decisions, as many possibilities were eliminated when I heard the pounding of hooves on the road. Yep, it was Theron. Possibility 26 by my count, which then led to possibility 32 or 49. I threw out possibility 14, which was just to run into the woods and hide, and instead remained on my stump, holding my ankle as if it were injured. Theron slowed his horse to a trot upon seeing me, and then to a gentle walk as he approached my stump. You didn't make it very far. No. I just twisted my ankle something fierce. Too many loose rocks on this road. I kicked a loose rock with my good foot for emphasis. Shame. Yeah. Well, this is a little embarrassing. But, uh, might I get a ride with you into Cartree after all? Thankfully, Theron spared me the snide comments I expected to receive and helped me onto his horse. We rode at a gentle trot, and the miles rolled by in relative silence. A family trade, perhaps. I suppose that his plan and my plan were the same plan. Keep the other one close so that we could surmise as much from the other as possible. For my part, I at least knew that he hadn't found Trenia and that she'd be safe waiting for me in Igaliva if I could lose him. I also knew that Theron still didn't believe me and wished to pry out more information. I'd have to be on my strictest guard. We arrived in Cartree not long after midday, far earlier than I hadn't planned, and we made for the inn. Not all villages have inns, of course, and those that do are by no means equal in quality. Cartree was a poor fishing village, surrounded by marshlands on the banks of the South Twin River, and as such... Its inn was almost more of an out. A glorified shed with a roof perched on a splintering dock, 
There, the waters of the South Twin poured into a large lake, some five miles wide and ten miles long, Lake Lius, which boasted not only the largest trout in Quib, but as Hatha told me, the Great Snapper, a legendary monstrous turtle that could snap a man's bones with a single bite of its beak. The large town of Orvid on the other side of the lake served as the main port for fishing and trade where the river led out, leaving the small village of Cartry to its songs and tales, and not much else. Theron and I went into the inn and saw countless turtle-themed decorations to support the local legend. My personal favorite was a surprisingly well-rendered oil painting of a gargantuan turtle smashing a dinghy with its flipper. This hung just above the driftwood bar counter, which stood unattended. The whole dining area was empty, save for myself and Theron, who seemed set on sticking around. Hello? No response. Excuse me? I'm looking to rent a room for the night. Theron ran a finger along one of the roughly hewn stools at the counter as we waited for someone to arrive. I imagine they'd draw a larger crowd if one didn't have to worry about splinters in the rear. I noticed a curious turtle-shaped bell resting on the bar counter. A sculpted piece of metal led out from the inside of the shell bell and hovered beneath the lip. It was shaped as a turtle head, holding a tiny severed arm in its beak, which was gruesome yet cute. I poked the hovering head, and it being attached to the clapper rang the bell. Theron and I waited for a moment. Hmm, still no one. Perhaps they were eaten by a turtle. Ugh, ew. I hope not. I guess I'll just have to come back. We left the meager shelter of the inn and walked back outside, where Lake Lius glimmered in the afternoon sun. A few fisher folk floated about the lake in rowboats and checked their nets, while a gruff-looking chap walked towards us on the reed-lined road, pushing a wheelbarrow full of fish guts. Seeking an opportunity to split away from Theron, I turned to him and said, So, you'll be off to the next town, then? I don't think so. I don't often spend time around lakes. Is that right? Besides, I can't leave you to walk all alone on a hurt ankle. Oh, but you could. It's feeling better already. No need to stall your plans on my account. I don't really have any plans, other than to ask around, see if my sister has passed through. Well, I wish you luck with that. And what of you? What are your plans? Oh my gosh, this guy was so annoying. I grew scared that he wouldn't leave me alone until I broke and told him about Trenia. Or until I truly got to the point where I wasn't traveling with her. Neither option was good. Oh, you know, take it easy, get a room for the night, rest my ankle. I probably won't leave Cartree for a few days, maybe not even a week. I like the vibes. The gruff-looking man with the wheelbarrow passed us by then and <laughs> snorted a gigantic wad of snot into the reeds. Yes, it has a certain charm. Ugh, he was calling my bluff. So you're going to stay? I think I will. Good. That's fun. Really great. Good. Good. I didn't want to stay. This place was weird. But if I tried too hard to lose him, he'd know I had something to hide. I had to strike a delicate balance between affable and aloof. Well, I think I'm going to head down to the lake. Take a dip. You know, traveling all alone on the road, I let myself freak a bit more than I might if I had company. I turned away from Theron and headed towards the shores. Much to my chagrin, Theron moved in the same direction. Dipping the toes in the waters does sound nice, now doesn't it? The thin veil of composure I had snapped a bit then, and I spun around. I'm gonna take a bath, Theron! Don't follow me! You're not the only one soiled from the road. Well, there's plenty of lake! Go somewhere else! Ah, yes, I forget how prudish you humans are. You all have a body, and yet you act like it's some big secret. It's not that! I just want some space! 
I'm not used to traveling with other people. I need some me time. Go away. After so much lying, it felt really good to tell the truth. Even better, the truth threw off Theron. It was the first moment he was considering if I had been telling the truth the entire time. Hoping to once again sell the image of a brave, albeit odd and annoyed solo traveler, I walked past him and went down to the lake. As soon as I was out of sight, I dropped the act and had a bit of a freakout. Oh my goodness, what was I going to do? Trinia was just sitting in a galava waiting for me. I promised her I wouldn't come find her until Theron was gone. I promised. And at this rate, there was no way I was going to ditch him before sundown. If ever. If I took too long, would she leave? Well, she didn't know I had left. <gasps> what if she went looking for me? What if we weren't able to find each other again? Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. I set down my pack beside a thicket of cattails and walked into the lake with my clothes still on. They needed to wash as much as I did. Spring was still quite new, and the heat of the season hadn't yet warmed up the lake. I gasped as the cold water hit my crotch, those most sensitive bits, but I kept going, my clothes clinging to my chest as the water absorbed up and beyond the waterline. Eventually, wading forward was useless, and I dove in, trying to let the waters wash away all the what-ifs, as well as the dirt and grime. I wasn't a particularly strong swimmer, and what with the water being so cold and a sudden irrational yet unyielding fear of being eaten by a giant turtle. I spent less than a minute splashing about before calling an end to my bath. I undressed on the sandy shore, wrung out my clothes, and let them dry in the sun. A small breeze brought goose pimples to my skin as I sat naked by the water, and I pressed my legs into my chest to keep warm. What am I gonna do? I talked aloud to myself, having no one else at hand. Okay, so I need to get back to Trinia, but I can't do that until I lose Theron. So what is the quickest way I can lose Theron and get back to Trenia? An idea passed through my mind. <laughs> it was mostly a joke. <laughs> but then, it was actually more probable than anything else I'd come up with. Oh my. But it would mean stealing. I'd never stolen something before. But it just might work. Hmm. I turned the plan over in my mind. It was risky, but I had to try something. Yes. I would try to get Theron drunk, and then steal his horse. My clothes dried off with a few moments to spare before sundown. I donned my trousers, tunic, and woolen sweater, and then returned to the dingy inn. It was still completely barren, so I rang the turtle bell once more. This time, I actually got a response. Oi, you just wait a moment! As I waited, I saw a barrel of some sort of spirit resting behind the bar. Whatever it was, I hoped it was strong enough to dull Theron's senses if I could get him to drink it. I had seen Theron sitting along the sandy banks of the river delta as I walked in, and, as expected, he magically found his way inside, just as the innkeep came in from the back. It was the same gruff chap who had been pushing the wheelbarrow full of fish guts, and he seemed no more disposed for hospitality behind the bar counter than he had appeared behind his barrow. Hoy, are you looking for a room, then? I am. I don't know what this gentleman is after. You? He said, tilting his stubbled chin towards Theron. You want a room as well? Very much, yes. And do yous know each other? Theron and I looked to one another, as if to ask the other if we did. I turned back to the innkeep. Technically, yes. Aye, that helps then. Only got the one room. Two beds. Use one, use two, I don't ask questions. Just don't make a mess. Theron and I both blushed at the innkeeper's implication, and I asked how much per night, 
Three silver. Are you kidding? Why, no, I'm not. But that's preposterous. Even Theron found it absurd. How can you justify charging that much? Ain't no other inn between Igalava and Orvid. You want to bet or no? <laughs> it would make my plan to steal Theron's horse a bit more difficult if we were both sleeping out in the open. But three silver? <laughs> it had taken me a whole week working at the Eternal Soul to earn that much. I imagine whatever drink was in the barrel was likewise overpriced. And no way in heck was I going to pay that cheat for a cruddy bed and a dingy inn that probably had lice or something worse. No, I said. I'll take my chances with the stars. Shoot yourself. And you? The man looked at Theron again. I think not. Right. Well, I should have a nice fish stew ready and hot by the time it starts pissing rain, if you change your minds. And with that, the man left the counter and returned to the back room, where he resumed doing goodness knows what with his barrow full of fish guts. Charming village, Cotry. Ugh, charming indeed. Theron and I moseyed outside and stood in silence for a while. What a strange day it had been. It felt like so much had happened, and yet nothing had happened. And now, yet another possibility seemed to be going down the drain. I turned and looked at Theron, my adversary, as I had grown to see him. He looked tired as he watched the sun set over the lake, like his long search for Trenia was wearing on him. I wondered. For as much as Trenia wished to run away, something equally potent was compelling Theron to seek her out. I wondered what it was, if there was more to it than a sense of duty to their tribe. As we stood there in silence, I recalled a story in one of Bertram's books, in which the legendary Calfrey Wildwood was able to make peace with her enemies by turning them into her friends. She was a real bard and hero, of course, not a little pip of a wanderer like me, but maybe. If I could get Theron to be my friend, then maybe I could persuade him to give up the hunt. Thanks for listening to Ali Odds and the Ali Odds Squad. I'm Leona Cara, and I hope you enjoyed your time with Ali and me today. It's important to me that this story is as personal as possible, which is part of why I'm hoping to fund this project independently through Patreon. I don't want this story to be delivered by a third-party aggregate who stuffs your ears full of advertisements. No. I want this to be straight from me to you. So, for those of you who are interested in Able, please visit my Patreon page to support the creation of more Alley Odds. You can find me at patreon.com forward slash Odds, where you can donate any amount you wish to support more of this story coming into the world. I hope you have a magical day, wherever you are, whoever you are, and I'll hope to see you around the fire for the next episode. Chapter 7. The Undergarments of Morality. 